recently saw a question on a question and answer forum online and the question was if you found that your doctor was a Trump supporter would you still go there? I assume the post was an old one from the time of Trump's presidency because nobody would really care nowadays. I didn't read all the answers, there was a lot of them, but the overwhelming response of the ones that I did see were on the lines that uh, no, because anybody who supports Trump is obviously so irrational that I wouldn't trust them with my uh, dealing with my medical problems. Now, there's a huge issue here, and the issue, of course, is that the assumption that those who don't support Trump are rational and logical and anybody who supports Trump is therefore illogical and irrational. It's a syndrome that's come about in the 21st century. It's really a new religion. It's a variation on atheism and I suppose one aspect of this is what's called scientism, which is not science. It's nothing, very little to do with science. It's the worshipping and admiration of uh, people who are respected among the, the fellow scientists. And you follow them blindly, and if they say something's true, then it becomes true. It's not anything to do with science in the sense of looking at the scientific analysis of things. We see this in COVID. Um, the government appointed uh, so-called scientists to talk absolute nonsense and you try and back it up logically and scientifically are admired and any other dissent is, is literally suppressed. It's taken down from YouTube, I was taken down from Medium and, um, and so on. Discussion is not allowed, whereas in real science, of course, discussion is an integral part of it. But the assumption that somebody who doesn't agree with you is irrational really runs through a lot of the problems that we see nowadays and it's a very dangerous one because uh, for instance somebody on the on the on facebook said that he would not talk or discuss what he called a, 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 with anti-vaxxers what he called anti-vaxxers he said there's no point in talking to an anti-vaxxer any more than there's any point in talking to a nazi or Nazi supporter. Well, there's a lot wrong with that. Firstly, how do you know they're a Nazi supporter unless you actually talk to them? If somebody's labelled them as a Nazi supporter, they may be trying to besmirch them, and people do this with anti-vaxxers. They're called anti-vaxxers Nazis, and then people have an excuse for not talking to them, whereas, in fact, the reality is totally different. So you have to talk to people, even people you strongly disagree with, in order to establish exactly why you disagree with them and where they're going wrong. Otherwise, you're just dealing in prejudice. And this is the backbone of this, this view that's called rationality, which is the opposite of rationality. There is actually a, a party, a political party in the um, Australian state of Victoria that calls themselves the Rational Party. It used to be the sex party and sex sells usually, but obviously they decided that rationality sold even better. 
And they're basically atheists and they've supported the lockdown, they've supported every aspect of anti-democracy that you can come across, all under the guise of rationality. There is no rationality there. And this assumption that everybody who doesn't agree with you, anybody who doesn't agree with the, the person, is irrational, is, is extremely dangerous. Um, I saw a, a recent um, article and we said, and it's a commonly held view, that men and women are far more similar than people make out and the differences are minor. Now, the reason people say that is because they assume that there is a rational way of looking at the world and therefore everybody who's rational sees the world this way, regardless of whether you're male or female. And therefore, this transcends uh, gender, transcends sex. Um, it's a very dangerous view. There is no discussion, there's only assumptions about what people think or how you think they think. It actually lays people very open to manipulation, and this is what we see nowadays. If you can convince people that your view that you're advocating is rational, you don't actually have to back it up with any rationality because there's no discussion anyway. All you have to do is tell them that you're rational and the other people, the other side, is irrational and you've won them over. And this is basically what's happened with this whole COVID thing. People have been convinced that queuing up and getting third and fourth booster shots then. Uh, that the vaccinations, the unvaccinated, they have to be defended against unvaccinated, even though it goes against any rationality, because they've been told that is rational, and people who hold other views are irrational. And we don't have to discuss with them. In fact, we shouldn't discuss with them, and we're going to take down any discussion anyway. We're going to censor them. In the article that was saying that men and women are very similar in their thinking, to justify it, they came out and with percentages of genetic similarity. Now, this is absolute nonsense. I don't know the exact figures, but I think you'll find that we bear a very high percentage genetically similar to bananas or fruit flies. In fact, I think you'll find that a male human is more similar to a male ape and a female human is more similar to a female ape then uh, a male and female are similar to each other. And when you look at the 26 chromosomes and one of them is different. But it's not a question of percentages anyway. Um, if we look at dogs, different breeds of dogs have different characteristics. Um, there are dogs that are very good swimmers. There are dogs that will go rounding up and herding sheep and so on and so on. There are dogs that even been trained to rescue people in the snow. And these have been bred out over years and years and years. I think you would be hard put, I'm not even sure it would be possible, to find the genet, the genes that actually trigger this response. And if they were, there would be very, very tiny genetic differences. So to look at percentage differences and, you know, as if this is science and if it's rationality, is really putting the cart before the horse. It's bad science. But, when, but people aren't interested in science nowadays. They're interested in scientism. They're interested in a particular view which is backed up 
by using scientific terminology and a recourse to people who call themselves scientists. It's a way of justifying an opinion in exactly the same way as religious people will try and justify their opinion by recourse to the, to the Bible. Well, it says this in the Bible, therefore it must be true. It's an assumption, often a completely ridiculous assumption, but it's no different because we're dealing in religions. Scientism has become the new religion. And the scientists, or the so-called scientists, who are paraded with their views and put on TV and interviewed, are really the high priests of this new religion. One of the assumptions of this religion, and I think we've spoken about this before, is this mechanical view of the world, that the human being or the body is basically a machine and can be dealt with as a machine. And that's why doctors are given the praise they're given because they, or they say they understand the mechanics of the workings of the machine. In fact, they have very little understanding of it at all. But the idea that the mind and consciousness has any interplay with the, uh, with the body is athema to these people. Uh, it's getting into a realm which is considered, you know, wishy-washy and, and vague and spiritual and so on. It's a mechanical view of the world, a mechanical view of human beings. It's the assumption that uh, mental illness is a result of brain uh, failures in, in the, the neurotransmitters in the brain. And in fact, it's the assumption that consciousness takes place in the brain, that the brain is a machine. And it's almost like consciousness is the noise that the cogs make when they go around in the machine. This is a kind of modern philosophical view of consciousness. It's absolute rubbish. And I've spoken before, and it's on my website, the understanding of consciousness as being an aspect of the fifth dimension. But this scientism view is very much embedded in this three-and-a-half-dimensional view of the world, that what we see is what there is, there can't be anything outside of what we can comprehend with our, our senses and so on. Everything else is just wish, wishy-washy mishmash. It's a rejection of religion, a rejection of belief in God, and a rejection of spirituality, or any kind of spirituality. Which is rather odd, because if you actually talk to people, even those who are fairly strong, proponents of this sort of scientism view, and what I mean is not the, the advocates of it, not the Dawkinses, you know, who the evangel evangel evangelists of this new religion, but the common people who are just caught up in it, they will tell you that they do have a certain degree of sympathy or an understanding of a spiritual relationship. Um, they might even talk about otherworldly experiences and ghosts and things like that and pre precognition and so on. And it's part of that dichotomy that although they understand it, on the, have seen it on the one hand, because it doesn't fit in with this scientism view of things, they almost like put it on one side. It's a kind of cognitive dissidence that people are expected to do nowadays. Even religious organisations, and I deal with religious organisations, succumb to the mask-wearing uh, and the vaccine-pushing dictates of the government. Um, and I've said to them, I said, you're responsible to God, you're not responsible to the government. But they're not interested. Um, 
they're caught up in the wash, um, the tide, which is like a tsunami. And when the tsunami came in, what was it, 2005, I remember thinking, this is a precursor, it's a sign. In the Quran, it talks about his signs, the signs of God. And when we understand the world in terms of metaphor and analogies, which is the real way that the world works, not in terms of logic, we see these signs and we start, we understand how they're going along. They're not, it's not like they're predicting something. It's like they go along with it. There's another aspect of something. It might come before the uh, another event. It might come after another event, but they go along together. It's a tide that comes. And the thing with the tsunami, and if you see pictures of the tsunami in Japan, it's unrelenting. The tide comes. And the old-fashioned view, which people had before 2005, or largely in the West, because we, you know, the West forms its own opinion, divorced from any kind of evidence, usually, um, was that a tsunami was a huge wave which would come and then sort of sweep over things. It wasn't like that. It's just a rising tide that rises and rises and rises and takes everything in its wake. It's unrelenting. If you can run fast enough, or you can travel fast enough, you might be able to escape it for going to higher ground, but most people were taken by surprise and they were caught up in it. And this is exactly the same as this tsunami of this new scientism, this new atheism that's taking over the world. It's unrelenting. The governments have control of it and they push it and they push it to the point where as if you don't conform, you're going to be pushed out and eventually have no access even to money. The mark of the beast, the so-called mark of the beast in the book of Revelations, where the mark of the beast is not the vaccine, but the vaccine again is a precursor for it. This is what's going to come and push out people who don't follow this new religion, who don't follow the religion of the Antichrist. And that the Antichrist is not anti in the sense of against this anti in the sense of antimatter is the opposite good becomes bad bad becomes good heaven becomes hell hell becomes heaven what's right is what the government tells you is right not what your conscience says and what your conscience says is is if it goes against the government's view and it usually does then you're told that that's wrong and it pushes people away from their connection with the divine and it induces fear and helplessness. People become dependent on the government and the government uses that in order to push their own agenda. And this is the way the world is going. And you'll see that COVID and the COVID legislation is like the tsunami. It's the first stage of this rising tide and it's going to become more and more insidious. The control is going to come more and more insidious. And people, because people's minds have been so distorted and been so alienated from any reality, from any connection with the divine, that rather than fighting it, people will go along with it. It's incredible that you were able to lock people up in their own homes and arrest them if they left their homes, and yet the majority of people supported it. It shows how brainwashed they are by this so-called rationality. I've mentioned before that you can 
study car mechanics and you can understand everything about a car and how it travels and what makes it go and what makes it stop and what makes it go wrong. But it's not going to tell you anything about a car that's being driven and how it's being driven and where it's going to because that's the driver, not the car. In the same way, you can understand everything about the body, but it's not going to tell you anything about consciousness. And I, I was asked to review a book called The God Part of the Brain. I can't remember the author now. It's a very erudite, thick work, and basically it comes from an atheist perspective, and his view is that people believe in God because it's somehow some Darwinian, Darwinian survival um, mechanism. Um, I, I can talk about that later. But one of the points he makes is that um, in the old days, you know, and of course there's the assumption with this new scientism that people in ancient times were stupid and ignorant because they didn't have science, and now we have science, we understand more. Actually, we've gone backwards, we've gone well backwards. And they said that, uh, well, in the old days, people thought that when it uh, rained, it was... Um, you know, due to the uh, changes in air pressure and this kind of thing. Well, that's just how it rains, not why it rains. And I've talked about that before. Science can tell us the how, the mechanisms, but it can't tell you the why. It can tell you how the car works and how it runs, but not why the car is going to where it's going or why it's been driven in the way it is. Integral with all this, of course, is the Darwinian idea of evolution through natural selection. I have talked about it before, but it's worthy of another um, uh, another podcast. And I, I said that if you can convince the vast majority of people, so that even the Pope comes down and says, oh, yes, well, Darwin was basically right, and they can be convinced of such nonsense, then it's very easy to convince them about anything to do with COVID or anything like that. The mechanism and the mechanics of Darwinism just doesn't add up. And if you look at it rationally, it doesn't add up. But of course, if you talk to somebody about this, you, you, they don't come to it with a view of saying, well, let's hear what you've got to say and let's consider it. They come at it with a view that they assume that what you're talking is nonsense. They assume that you're an idiot, that I'm an idiot, for instance, if I say this. And therefore, their view is not to try and prove me wrong. It's to say, well, I know you're an idiot. If I can see why you're an idiot easily, I'll tell you. But otherwise, well, I know you're wrong anyway, it's just that I haven't found out why. There is no ability to sit down and actually consider facts, information that goes against the prevailing view. People want any excuse not to think, not to have to question their world view. It's just too difficult to have a look at your views and to, to start questioning the very basics of what you believe in. And people won't do it. They will go along with any crap so long as they can justify to themselves that what they're saying is right. Eventually, of course, the whole thing collapses, but by then it's far too late. And history is riddled with this. I mean, even, you know, the Nazis, people went along with the Nazi party and they justified it and justified it and justified it until the survivors were left in a starving Germany with no resources and they welcomed the Allies when they came in and finally rescued them. And at least some of them were horrified to find out 
what the Nazis had been doing to not just the Jews but to other minority groups in the concentration camps. Many knew about it but used this cognitive dissidence to separate them from the horrors that were happening. And we see that going on nowadays. People justify arresting people and lashing police banging heads to the ground, innocent people simply because they're not wearing a mask or because they go against the prevailing view and the courts are justifying it and society is justifying it. And these people are going to be held accountable. I mean, they'll be held accountable on the day of judgment, but they're going to be held accountable probably long before them when they realise the error of their views. for listening you can email me phil at graham.net you can look at my website philip with one l dot graham.net graham is b-r-a-h-a-m and if you send an email put podcast in the subject so it doesn't get lost thank you